to us now, O oh Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today, for this is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. Lord, we stand ready for your word. Father, we pray that you'll bless our time. Forgive me of any wrongdoing, any sins in my life, of thought, word, deed, overtly, covertly, or inadvertently that would hinder your word from going forth and do the same for your people, that they might hear and in hearing might become doers of your word. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're like me, you have some days where you just need to disengage. You just need to get away. How do you do it? Maybe you take a long ride down to the water and just look at some water, listen to your favorite music or uh, sit there and maybe have a spa day or something in order to refresh and revive yourself. Uh, and most of us, when we get to that place and we recognize we need that uh, mental break, that mental health day, right? We, we got to take off. We just got to get away. We got to turn the phone off and, and, and don't let anybody know where we are. If it's an emergency while we're gone, it'll still be an emergency when we get back, right? had a friend of mine that did that one time. He'd he tell people, he said, don't, don't call me before 9 o'clock. And they said, well, what if it's an emergency in the middle of the night? He said, well, call me at 9 o'clock. He said, if it was a real emergency, it will still be one at 9 o'clock. And if it's not an emergency at 9 o'clock, you didn't need to wake me up in the middle of the night for it, right? We all get to that place where we mentally feel like emotionally we need to take that day off. But, but let me ask you a question. When do you take the time to take a day off for your soul, like for your spirit. When, when, when do you take that time to say, not on the inside, but on the outside? My brothers and sisters, I want you to know today that there is no greater way to revive your spirit, man, to refresh your soul, than talking about and doing what we're going to talk about today. Today, I want to talk to you from the thought, forgiveness, the greatest gift you can give yourself. Forgiveness, the greatest gift you can give yourself. God gives us the greatest gift we can receive in terms of salvation. But when you talk about forgiveness, forgiveness is one of those things that God gives you the power and the ability to do. And while you look at it as benefiting the person who has done you wrong, in actuality, forgiveness is the greatest gift you can give yourself. Forgiveness is something like this. Whatever somebody has done to you, done against you, however a person has done you wrong, is what they have committed against you. It is an act. But when you refuse to forgive them, you lock yourself in your own prison. 
See, somebody may commit an offense against me, but when I'm walking around with that spirit of unforgiveness, guess who put me in that prison? Me, myself, and I. And I become the warden. I become the, the jailkeeper. And God says, you have a key to let yourself out of your own self-imposed prison. It's called forgiveness. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. To those of you who are streaming, if you would go to our app, I Am Hope, you can download that app wherever you are and you can find that outline on the app or on our website. You can download it and fill in the blank on your smartphone device or on your tablet. Three things I want you to see. The first two we'll go through just as a form of review. And then we'll conclude with the third one. Number one, well, no, before we get there, one of the things that we did last week, we identified some tough people to deal with. Because let's be honest, most of the issues we have in life are tied to people. And Rick Warren says there are four kinds of people in life that will test you. Yeah, that will push you. That will reveal to you how much of a Christian you really are. First person, uh, four kinds of VDPs. We call them very draining people. Very draining people, all right? First kind of draining person that you have to deal with, difficult people. Difficult people. These are people who are just hard to work with, hard to get along with. They're cranky and cantankerous. They can be unpleasant. As a matter of fact, these are people when you look at them and you say, you know what, I don't know if that person likes me. They probably don't like themselves. Right? Those are difficult people. Uh, second kind of VDP is the demanding person, the person who is demanding. Uh, we all know demanding people. They have their agenda, and their agenda is always going to circumvent your agenda. They can talk about the greatest good for everybody, but it's amazing how the greatest good always turns out to be what's best for them. They push their agenda. They are aggressive. Uh, some might call them bullies, right? Because it has to be their way or literally a highway, and if they don't get their way, they're going to make sure nobody's happy and nobody has peace until they get what they want. Hopefully, you're not that kind of person. Third kind of VDP, disappointing people. And these are people who will disappoint you. Sometimes they do it knowingly. Sometimes they do it unknowingly. Sometimes it's planned. Sometimes it's unplanned. These are people who you hold typically in high regard. These are people you have high expectations for and you have high expectations from, and they will disappoint you. They will do some things that you did not expect them to do. Or maybe they violated your trust. Maybe they were disloyal. Uh, maybe they were unfaithful, right? And you became disappointed in that person. Fourth VDP that we talked about, destructive people. Uh, these are people who want to harm you. These are people who want to harm other people. These are people who are not happy when other people are happy. They try to destroy and tear down whatever they can destroy and tear down. Sometimes they just mean people, man, just evil people. And, and you know what I found out? 
Many times these people are doing nothing but projecting their own unresolved pain on others. And here's one of the things that happens with destructive people, with VDPs in general. You look at them and you're trying to explain their behavior based on what you've done. And many times it has nothing to do with you. They can't get along with themselves if they're in a room by themselves, right? I mean, they literally have their own set of issues and you run around trying to fix them and trying to make them happy and they are so miserable they can't be. And they can't get to that place. But here's the point. When those people act that way, when those people hurt you and harm you, how do you respond to it? Look at 1 Corinthians 13, beginning at verse 4. Let's read it together. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Our problem, for the most part, when we talk about trouble with people, it's a love problem. It's our inability to healthy, healthily love ourselves and our inability to love others. And God says one of the expressions of love that you must get a hold of if you are going to move forward in your life in a positive way is this principle, this practice of forgiveness. Here's the first thing. Number one, if you're going to give yourself the greatest gift, you must face your past hurts to keep them from limiting your ability to forgive others. You must face your past hurts. You've got to face it. You've got to deal with it. You've got to address it. But you can't deal with it if you won't face it. Look at John 16, verse 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Underline that phrase, you will have. Just because you're a Christian does not give you an exemption from problems in life. You will have trials and sorrows. Sometimes they will come from within, sometimes they will come from without. Sometimes they will be self-imposed because of your own sin nature or your own stupidity. Sometimes they will be satanically devised. In other words, the devil has a plan to bring you down instead of lift you up. But wherever it comes from, you are going to have trials and sorrows in life. But take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Now, I need you to understand something. Your ability to overcome is not in your flesh. It's in the power of God. Right? So when you start praying and you're asking your flesh to do something that it has a hard time doing, understand your flesh is never going to be able to overcome. You will only be able to come as you recognize the power of God living in you, operating within you, and doing through you what you cannot do through or for yourself. Here's the thing I want you to know. God doesn't expect you to pretend like it never happened. 
God doesn't expect you to ignore the pain of your past. God doesn't want you to fake it. God wants you to face it. God wants you to face it because watch this. You will never be free of what you won't face. And if you won't face it, you can't get to the place of forgiveness because freedom is the result of you being able to forgive what you have faced. So if you don't face it, you can't forgive it. And if you can't forgive it, then you'll never be free from it. And there's somebody right now watching via streaming or somebody in here. You were still a prisoner of a painful past all because you won't face it. And because you won't face it, you can't forgive. Look at what the Bible says. Don't ignore it. Face it. Call it what it is. Here's the second thing we talked about. Number two, you must forgive the people who have done you wrong. You must forgive the people who have done you wrong. How do we respond to VDPs? How do we respond to very demanding people? Typically, we pick one of three things to do. Uh, A, you remember. We stockpile it in our memory banks, never to forget. That's why you hear people say, well, you know what? I can forgive, but I can't forget. As if forgetting is a prerequisite to forgive. You and I don't have the ability to erase from our memories those things that we don't want to remember. And when the Bible, when we hear people talk about the Bible says you got to forgive and forget, here's what forgetting refers to in that context. Not bringing it back up or acting like it doesn't exist. Basically, what we're saying is you can't forgive and then keep on bringing it up all the time. Right, because that's not forgiveness. He says we have a temp- we have a tendency to remember. We have a tendency we replay it. Oh, okay. All right, I see where you. Uh huh. All right, I'm like the elephant, baby. I ain't gonna never forget that one. <laughs> you better keep your eye on them from now on. I ain't trying to be messy, but. You know when folks say that, I ain't trying to be, you know they're actually being messy, right? Whenever you say, I ain't trying to be messy, no, you just accomplished the, yeah. Look at Proverbs 17, 9. You will keep your friends if you forgive them, but you will lose your friends if you keep talking about what they did wrong. And that replaying over and over again, that remembering, can cause you to lose your friends, but it can also cause you to lose family members and associates and jobs and everything else. B, you repeat. You repeat. You repeat it mentally by going over it over and again and again in your mind. You rehearse it over and over again in your mind. You repeat it relationally over and over again. Right? Which is why, for some of you, you run into the same problem in a new relationship that you had in an old relationship. 
not understanding and accepting the fact that the only common denominator in all of your bad relationships is you. Okay, some of y'all laughing. Let me put a quarter in the meeting and park here for a second. See, when you repeat, it's not just what you say, it's how you live. And so when you keep repeating, instead of stepping back and looking to say, hey, wait a minute, what's wrong with this picture? So I did this uh, show a couple years ago on domestic violence. And the emphasis on this show for Real World, Real Talk was domestic violence among young people. So I had a young lady on there who had just written a book about her abusive relationship in college. And so she talked about how it started for her with another gentleman in high school, and then she carried over that kind of mentality and brought it into college, and then she attracted an abusive person in college, and she went on and on and how she's in therapy now and, and finding a way back getting to a place of healing and wholeness. So I'm listening to her, and then her therapist speaks. Her therapist came on the show. And so I asked the therapist a question about the journey to healing and wholeness. This is what the therapist said. She said, well, she said, in my research, I have discovered that it takes about seven years for a person to fully recover from an abusive relationship, and that's with professional help and therapy. And then she kept on talking. And I was like, hold up, time out, wait a minute, stop. It takes how long? She said, well, in my opinion, it takes seven years with therapy for a person to get over an abusive relationship and get sufficiently healed in order to go into a relationship healthy. Now, I don't know how many of y'all waited seven years. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of y'all got professional help? But can I tell you what I think most of us do? Y'all heard of rebound relationships. Come out of a bad one and jump into one. And watch this. The next one you jump into is not necessarily better. They just have one thing that the other person didn't have. And you're like, ooh, I'm so glad I found this person. <laughs> and you're focusing on that one thing they do have, and you're not looking at all the other stuff. And what we end up with, when you think about this, are broke people, not financially, emotionally and spiritually, broke people, who are looking for other people to make them whole. I want a man to do this for me, to do this for me, to do that. I'm looking for a woman to do this, to do this, to do this. And so you declare after your string of broken relationships that you've walked into broken, that ain't no good man, there are no good women, all women are crazy, all men are crazy, when all of y'all are broke. God says one man with one woman becomes one flesh. But the problem is we got a broke man looking to be made whole by a broke woman 
and them two brokes create one broke. And we repeat it over and over again. Somebody in here needs to say, you know what, I'm tired of this cycle. I'm getting off this merry-go-round. Because you know what I've discovered? When you get to a place of healing and wholeness, it is a whole lot easier to recognize brokenness when it comes up. Matter of fact, you know when you really get to a place of healing, you start looking back going, what in the world was I thinking about? God, Jesus, have mercy on my soul. I must have been out of my mind, man. Here's the third way we respond. See, we retaliate. We retaliate. We want to get even. We want to let them know they messed with the wrong person. <laughs> you better ask somebody. <laughs> oh, what goes around comes around. Yeah, you know what a man, what, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. That's all right. That's all right. That payback is a, yeah, I got something for you. That's all right. You're going to need me one day. And, and if we're not careful, we'll spiritualize that thing. And you know how we'll spiritualize it? Lord, get them. Lord, break them. You know that you, God, you said in your word, touch not my anointed. Do my prophet no harm. God, you know I am the anointed of right now of the Father. In the name of Jesus, break them right now, Lord. In Jesus, cross them right now. In Jesus, oh, excuse me, Lord. I'm so sorry. Well, Lord, you know my heart. Look at Colossians 3.13. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That word forgive we discovered on last week, karitsomai, is rooted in that word kairos. It's, it's the word for grace. It's translated typically grace, right? Uh, the unmerited favor, the unconditional love. We love it when we receive it from God, but we're not anxious to give it to other people. And God says, remember, just like I forgave you, I want you to forgive others. So if you're wondering how you ought to forgive others, look at how I've forgiven you. It's, it's literally grace. It's, it's to grant as a favor. You say, well, how, how do I do that? Because they don't deserve it. God says, I know, neither do you. None of y'all deserve it. it. But you don't forgive Listen to me carefully. You don't forgive to benefit somebody else. You forgive to benefit yourself. Right? Somebody said it like this. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for somebody else to die. It's, it's, it's self-inflicted pain and punishment. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ 
has forgiven you. A, forgiveness is a choice based on the exercising of your will. If you're waiting to feel like forgiving, you'll never will forgive. And, and, and then one of them things, you're going to come, ooh, I just feel like forgiving today. Yeah. It's like, no. You got to make a decision. It's, it's an intentional choice to let go of that anger, to let go of that pain. B, forgiveness is never given based upon what your offender deserves, but based upon what God has already done for you. Do they deserve it? No, they don't, and they never will. But God says, you don't do it for them. You do it for you. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, forgiving others will enable you to move forward and claim a better future for yourself. Move forward and claim a better future for yourself. Now, I ask you to fill in the blank for forward. Circle it now. I want you to emphasize it. If I could have you highlight it, I'd have you highlight it. Because the truth of the matter is most of us are so stuck in the pain of our past that we cannot move forward and claim the glorious future that God has in front of us. We can't do it because we're locked down. We are locked down. We are, we, we are literally anchored in the pain of our past. So we can't enjoy our present. We can't claim the blessings of our future. We can't claim the potential that God has put within us because we are so so tied to the pain of the past. Look at verse 19, Romans chapter 12. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine. Wait a minute. What are you saying, God? Vengeance is above your pay grade. God says, let me deal with that. You're not able to deal with that. You can't handle it. You know why you and I can't handle it? Because watch this. All we do is judge by the actions. We can't interpret the intentions. We see what's in front of us. We don't know what's going on behind the person. And so in reacting to what we experience, we get no understanding because of what has happened for them in their past. Let me see if I can make it plain for you. So um, I, I had an, an anger problem when I was younger, right? Um, and I saw it really kind of manifesting itself uh, in my early 20s. I was always kind of mild-mannered as a kid. I just, you know, didn't get a lot of emotions out of me or things like that. But as I got older, I was, yeah, getting angry. angry and, and that anger really was rooted a lot in frustration. And, and I saw that anger manifesting itself in my oldest son in particular, Marcus. He would get mad and he'd be, uh, you know what I mean? Man, his faces and everything. Brother, where are you getting that from? <laughs> it's like parents say, 
I don't know where my child gets that from. Look in the mirror. Message, right? So I'm seeing this anger, and I'm like, dude, like you six. Like you ain't no reason to be angry like this. Like you have no bills, no job, nothing. Are you six? Just go to school, come home, do your chores, take a nap. I'm like what? What? But I realized that he was manifesting what he was seeing in me. So then I had to stop and I said, okay, wait a minute, hold up. Where, where are you getting this from, brother? Well, I look back. I'm getting it from my father who was angry, bitter. Opportunities he felt were taken from him, abusive household, right, abandonment issues, Mama left him. She went north, didn't call back to get him. And, you know, his, his mother said, well, I sent money back. You know what? Children don't care about money, right? Because they don't see it. Ain't nobody walking and say, ooh, look at your mama sent $10 this week for you. Like, right? I mean, you know, children don't get that. So he's dealing with abandonment issues, abuse issues with his grandfather who raised him. And it was like, wow. Then I went back further. And I saw my great-grandfather who raised my father and his anger issues, right? He was born. He was the product of slave rape. I mean, he was made fun of, ostracized, was raised by another man who raised him as his own, but that didn't substitute for the pain that he felt. And so I'm looking now at these generations of anger. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wow, if I don't stop this, I'll be looking at this anger manifested in my children's children. And we will, if we're not careful, listen to me carefully, we will claim as a character trait a character flaw. We'll make that as part of our family tree. And we'll try to explain away the unresolved pain that has been transmitted through generations. Am I helping somebody today? I, I, I need you to see this. And, and the key is forgiveness. My anger was resolved. One, I, I had to recognize, because I, listen, I didn't think I had an anger problem until I saw a hole in the sheetrock. It was like, well, I guess you got an anger problem, brother. Right? I'm like, man, you got to deal with this. So now I got to face it. And then I got to look at it and say, okay, what's the root of this? And I'm angry at my dad. I'm angry at him. He left my mother and I'm taking care of my mom. He, he hurt my sister. I got to try to help that. You know, I mean, I'm, I mean, so I'm dealing with all of this stuff. He's not there as a grandfather. So I got to deal with, I mean, all of this stuff. And let me tell you how I fooled myself. Here's how I fooled myself. I contained it and controlled it, but I still hadn't resolved it. And there's somebody in here, the reason forgiveness is so important is because you think now that you have contained your anger and controlled your pain, that you are over it. And God says, no, you're not over it. You say, well, I used to cuss all the time. I only cuss one day a week now, you know. 
I used to cry all the time. Now I only cry once in a while. Listen to me. Forgiveness has to be given, and it's not given progressively. You either forgive or you haven't forgiven. It's like somebody saying they're kind of pregnant. You is or you ain't, right? Ain't no kind of in there. There's no, 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 just pass fail. There's a pass fail test. And forgiveness is pass fail. You have to make up in your mind to forgive because here's what's going to happen if you haven't seen it already. You will look in your children and your children's children and see the evidence of pain that you have transmitted, transmuted, and transferred because you have never sought to forgive. And watch this. Here's the, man, here's the bad part. For somebody in here, you have transmitted that to your children, and you have gotten to a place that you have forgiven, and they still mad at the person you forgave. Now you're trying to help them forgive. Listen, how are you going to move forward? How are you going to move forward in life? Are, are you tired of being on that merry-go-round of anger and hurt and pain? God wants you to focus on his promises, not on the pain. Focus on your potential. Focus on your possibilities. Focus on achieving those great things, and even more than achieving those great things, focus on becoming the great person that God has called you to become. You know what helped me to forgive my dad? Let me tell you what helped me. Man, when I realized all he had went through, when I discovered everything he had gone through, I, man, listen, instead of anger, I felt pity. I felt sorry for him. I was like, man. And, and the last several years of his life, I tried to contact him because, you know, he was going through some stuff and he didn't want to, I look back now, he didn't want me to see him sick. I didn't know how sick he was. I didn't know he was sick. And I didn't find out he had passed until long after he was dead, right? And he, and he kept himself away because of his own pride and things like that. And I got it because I understand them, Right? But I sat there, man, and I'm like, I feel sorry for him. I, fe I felt sorry for him because he walked around with all of that unresolved pain, all of that unresolved anger, and missed out on what would have been the best days of his life, living in the pain of his past. Folk who were dead and gone. He was still living in the pain of his past. And he did some things to hurt his mother, my grandmother. He did some things to hurt her, and that did nothing to resolve his pain. Did nothing to resolve his pain. Look at Luke 19, verse 18. Stop being angry and don't try to take revenge. I am the Lord, and I command you to love others as much as you love yourself. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, let's read it together. And whenever you stand praying, if you have nothing against anyone, 
forgive him. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it, let it go. In order that your father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Proverbs 10, 12, hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. Proverbs 19, 11, it is wise to be patient and show what you are like by forgiving others. Love forgives. Love lets it go. Not for their sake, but for your sake. Not because they deserve it, but because ultimately you need it in order to become all that God wants you to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I pray now for those under the sound of my voice. Um, God, we have, in truth, learned how to manage in our flesh what we need to learn how to release in the spirit and so God help us to face it and let it go some of us have become martyrs on our own cross we wear our pain as a badge of honor and all that has done is allowed us to walk in disobedience according to your word so God help us to release, to let go of, to claim the freedom that you have made available to us. That by the power of your Holy Spirit, we would take the key to our own self and let ourselves out so that we can walk in the freedom you have for us. And where we have fooled ourselves into thinking that we have progressively gotten better at forgiving, Help us to still see it for what it is and to let it go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank God for that word. Everyone, if you can, everyone, if you will, please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. Pastor just gave us a real good breakdown on the concept of forgiveness. It actually told us that one of the things that we fail to do a lot of times is recognize that God has forgiven us, so we should give that same forgiveness to someone else. But for anybody in this room, if you're struggling to forgive somebody else because you don't recognize that God has forgiven you, we want to talk to you right now. Somebody in this room is struggling. Like, I can't come to God. I can't be with God because I've messed up too bad already. Somebody in the room is under the impression of I can't follow Christ because the stuff I already did. You don't know my past. Ain't no way that I can come to him. 
Let me give you some news. The Bible says that there is only one unforgivable sin. And it's probably the one that you've been committing so far. You've been disrespecting the Holy Spirit's leading, telling you, prodding, and poking at you to bring you to the place where God will give you this forgiveness. You've been saying of your own accord that I've been too bad, and he's telling you, no, you haven't. You've been saying of your own accord, I've messed up already, and I can't be there, and he's saying, yes, you can. Whatever you've done, whatever you'll do today, whatever you may do in the future, died on the cross with Jesus. That's why it's called the gospel, the good news. You can be with him in spite of what you've done. Now, if you're under the impression that Christians ain't never messed up in their life, you are wrong. You are dead wrong. I heard it explained like this before. A church is not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. Anybody in the room know they got a sin problem? Anybody saved already know that they messed up before? They going to mess up again? Yeah, that's all of us in the room. So don't let your guilt of what you've done keep you from coming to the forgiveness that Jesus Christ has offered you already on the cross, and all you have to do is accept it. So if you know I'm talking to you, as the Voices of Hope sing this song, come on down here and let's get that straight today. The people that are here up front will explain to you exactly how to accept the gift that Jesus has given to you on that cross. If that's you, don't disrespect the Holy Spirit in the long saying you don't know what you're talking about. Come on down and get that straight with God. For anybody else who needs a church home, if you don't have a family around you, we invite you to come as well. You've been trying to walk out this Christian thing all by yourself? just got saved you're a new believer you're an infant you need a family we invite you to come on down as well and pray. Dear God, our Father, 
We thank you once again for being all that you are. Our God, for whoever you have touched the heart of, Forever it is that knows that your spirit is leading them to make it right with you, to accept the gift of Christ for anything that they've done. God, I ask that you would continue to work on them. God, don't let them continue to disrespect your leading. Don't let them continue to assume that they are right and you are wrong. Don't let them continue to walk in the path of disregarding what it is you have for them because they just feel like they're not worthy. God, none of us are. They don't have to stay in that place, dear God. And I ask that if they didn't make that move publicly, let them make it privately. Let them accept the gift of forgiveness that you have offered through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we ask you to continue to keep us all, love us all, bless us all, grow us all as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Good hope it's time for the offering. Amen. It's time to worship the Lord in giving. Now, I reminded you a couple of weeks ago regarding the principle of tithing. Uh, again, it is not a mandate of the law. It is a principle that was practiced by Abram before his name was changed to Abraham, before the law was given. And uh, we gave you a very clear visual demonstration of what it looked like. Your table and God's table. Y'all remember that? Okay, some of y'all don't remember. Master Control, help me out. Let's, let's see if we can make it plain. That's your table and your pastor. Amen. And, and then here's God's table. That, okay, that's God's table. That, that's just with 10%. That was God's table and your table. Let's go back to your table. That's your table. And let's go back to God's table. So that's, that's just if you gave God 10%. Now, one of the things that we're going to do, I'm going to get with Deacon Willridge. Um, we're actually going to do a, a workshop. I have a guest I'm going to bring in. Because um, I think we need to do some how to get out of debt. Seminars for some, for, for some of us. Now, I'm saying that because whether it's your house or your car, whatever it is, whatever dreams you have financially, you've got to learn how to manage your debt. Amen? Um, and, and you know what I figured out? Deacon Wilridge, I figured this out. You know, when we say we're offering financial management classes, I think financial management doesn't communicate to everybody what they need, you know. Because I had somebody say, well, Pastor, I appreciate that financial management class, but I need to know how to get out of debt. So, yeah, so we just need to call it what it is, right? <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to help you get out of debt, help you, manage, help you set some goals for your life, you know, in terms of financially, where you want to be, and then a strategy to get there and a plan to get there. Because I promise you, man, it's, there's nothing more freeing. Other than knowing Jesus, there's nothing more freeing than managing your debt properly. And, and I've, man, and I've been on the other side. I mean, you know, IRFs and bills and, and they're trying to fit in and I'm, you know, man, running it, floating this check over here and running over here to cover this and make sure this is, and by, whoo, Jesus, keep me near the cross. I promise you, that's not how you want to live your life. And so we're going to give you some principles and help you how to do that, how, how to figure out how to do that. Amen.
Amen. Let's worship the Lord in giving. There are a multiplicity of ways that you can give. You can give online uh, using the app. You can go to our website. Um, you can use uh, uh, Push Pay. You can use uh, Givelify. Um, we, we, we probably need to look at uh, Deacon Chestnut. We need to look at expanding so some of y'all can use Apple Pay, Cash App. However you want to do it, right? We want to make it as easy as possible. I don't want you walking out of here disobedient. And I don't want nobody walking out here talking about, man, I couldn't give today. They ain't, they ain't had cash app. I want to get. We got you. Just give, just, just give, us, give us a little time. We'll be cash apping you, Apple paying you, everything. You be, you be my church is on it. Yeah. My church is on it. But our goal is to help you to walk in obedience in terms of your faithfulness in giving. Because here's what I've learned. When you learn how to give God your possessions, simultaneously you'll be learning how to give God your person and your family and, and all of that. I promise you, it'll help you make God the center of your life. All right? Master Control, we're in your hands. A people without knowledge of their past history, origin, or culture is like a tree without its roots. The My Voice Matters Millennial Group is hosting Fourth Ward, Good Hope, Past, Present, and Future. Come join us as we look at and celebrate the rich history and culture of Good Hope NBC on Saturday, February 29th, 2020, in The View, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. As Christians, it delights the heart of God when we take time to praise and worship Him. The most intimate way to praise and worship God is through prayer. The Promises of Prayer Prayer Breakfast will help you develop and build an intimate relationship with the Lord based on 1 John 5, 14-15. Join us on Saturday, March 7th at 8 a.m. in the Center for Hope as we fellowship together. Register today via the I Am Hope mobile app or goodhope.org website. Are you ready for some soccer? Our second season of Good Hope's Upward Soccer is about to get started. Our inaugural season was a phenomenal success in which we had 50% more kids than anticipated from our targeted zip codes. In 2020, we are looking for that number to increase. We incorporate devotionals into both Tuesday practices and Saturday games as we try to introduce Jesus Christ in an age-appropriate manner. Orientation evaluations are scheduled for March 7th at 9 a.m. Practices begin Tuesday, March 17th at 6 p.m. and games begin Saturday, March 21st. Register your child or sponsor a child today via the I Am Hope mobile app or goodhope.org website. Hey, this past summer, we had an opportunity to take our kids to Kids Across America and Stony Creek Camps. And we had a great time. These kids were strolling. These kids was having fun. These kids were doing archery, fishing. They were doing things that they never in their life thought that they would ever do. And they met people along the way that looked just like them. But one of the greatest things that they did was they ended up going to Cross Talk and they went and seen what Jesus did for them on the cross. It was so powerful that a lot of our kids ended up rededicating their life or being baptized. Man, if you feel like you're interested in, in sponsoring a kid or giving money towards the bus this year, my plan this year, I took 67 kids, my plan this year is to take over 100. That's going to cost a whole lot of money, good hope. 
but I hope and pray that this touches you and it hits your heart in a way that you want to get money for these kids. Thank you, and I love you. Good Hope invites you to participate in our Try God and See Challenge. Try tithing exactly how God has commanded and see what happens. When it happens, we want to hear about it. Sign up to have your testimony recorded by going to the I Am Hope mobile app or goodhope.org website today. Try God, test God, trust God. We can't wait to hear what God is doing in your life. Don't forget. CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. So next month, the month of March, is our church anniversary, and every quarter we will be issuing our Try God and See Challenge based out of Malachi 310, um, that you would try God, prove him. The New Living Translation says, put, uh, and this is God talking, put me to the test, right, to see if God will honor his word in terms of your giving. I also want to encourage those of you, because I've had several of you who have testified to me privately and said, man, when I started giving this way, how it changed your life. And so if you have a testimony, I would love for you to share that with the rest of us so that we can all hear what God has done in your life. It's one thing when the talking spiritual guy up there that children mistake for Jesus says something, right? But it's a whole lot more powerful when you share your testimony about what God has done in your life as you have honored God in your giving. So want to encourage you, um, go online, contact us at the, uh, at the website, or call the church office and say you want to share your testimony, we would love to hear that, all right? Minister J.P. Whitaker, come on and take care of our guests, please, if you would. Yeah, that's my mama, that's my mama. Wonder, why is he getting cheers to take care of guests? That's my mama. <laughs> All right, our first, second, and third time guests, would you please stand to your feet? If you're here for the first time, the second time, or the third time, we're talking to you. Get on up. Yeah. Some of you we already saw. We're just waiting on you to let us know that you know that we saw you here. Amen. All right, we are honored that you chose Good Hope as the place to visit today. We know that you probably passed up 13, 14 churches on your way in real life. So we want to show you tangibly how much we thank you how much we are honored, how much we praise God that you're here right now. So gather your belongings, and you're going to follow these people to have the guest relations sign. We have a special reception in your honor because we knew that you were coming. We'll let you get a start on the traffic out of the sanctuary and also just show you in a tangible way that we love you and we appreciate you being here. Good old, let us thank God for our guests that are with us today. Good to see you. We love you. We love you. Now, for anybody else who is a guest and you didn't bother to stand up, don't look at us funny because we didn't recognize you. We asked you and you ain't Satan. It's like if you're walking down the street and you say hi to somebody, they don't say hi back. You think they don't want you to acknowledge them. So that's you going to walk out now. All right. All right. I'm going to tell you all a secret when they leave, too. It's a secret. They're almost out. Close the door. 
All right, family. People can't be guests if you don't invite them in the first place. That's normally how that works. People show up to places when you give them an invitation. If you never give them an invitation in the first place, they probably won't come. That's how that goes. Um, the truth of the matter is, I think a lot of people are under the impression it's up to the pastor and the ministry to make sure that people are continuing to come to Christ and grow in the word. In real life, you know who it's up to? Yeah, everybody in the room. So do your part. You know that you got some unsaved folks around you. You know you got some people who need to grow up in the Lord. Invite them to come along on your journey that you're already having and grow up in God as well. Amen? Amen. All right, the half-price carnival tickets are here. Yeah, in the Center for Hope, I'm going to go get some because we do that every year. Thank you, and we missed it last year. So for those of you who go to the Rodeo Carnival, we got half-price tickets over there. If you've been to the carnival and you paid full price, you know how important this half-price thing actually is. So don't sleep on that. Amen? Amen. All right, if our hearts and minds are clear, let us stand and prepare to go down from this place. And go show some love to somebody, grab a hand, connect with them, link up. Fellas, if you ain't a hand holder, just do dap. Just do dap. Dap's acceptable in the house of the Lord. All right. Let's go to God. To God our Father, we thank you once again for being all that you are. God, we thank you for everything. God, we thank you for all that our eyes have seen, all that our ears have heard. We thank you for the filling of our hearts once again so we can go forth, be your people as light and salt in this world. God, we ask you to continue to bless us, keep us, grow us as only you can. Let us reach out to somebody else, make their lives brighter as you have made ours brighter each and every day. Continue to keep us safe and sound, dear God. Keep us in our right mind. Bring us back to do this again next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Show some love to somebody on your way out. <laughs>